Hey folks, Ange here. Couple of things before we jump into this week's show. This episode was recorded live on Twitch, so it may sound a little different than usual. Also, we recorded right after the Gnome Stew's first actual play stream, which you can find the illustration we referred to, as well as a link to the recording of that stream, in the show notes. Thanks, and everyone enjoy the show. Let's see what the stew has for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, a Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers like the bountiful Bill Carter, the deeply dependable Doug Roz, and the ludicrous Lord Tentacle. Today, we have myself, along with a bunch of other gnomes, from our first Twitch AP stream. Introduce yourself, folks. John, you go first. Oh, dang it, I'm first. Uh, hello, I am John Arcadian. I am the head gnome. Uh, I was the game master for our ill-fated Twitch stream, and uh, it was awesome. And Matt, you go next. Hi, I'm Matt Negley. I write articles for The Stew, mostly about extra nerdy stuff like uh, probability and such. And I played Brand the Bard, who turns out was not a bard. He was a warrior, but he did get to sing lots of songs. Lots of songs. I totally didn't know he wasn't a bard. I thought he was legit <laughs> was a bard. I never shtick. looked at It was great. <laughs> and Chuck, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Chuck Lauer. I am a new gnome. I write on generic sort of topics, uh, random listicles about things that I think are particularly neat at the time. I'm basically an enthusiasm golem. So there you are. <laughs> uh, Chuck, just point of note, it's GNU gnome. Oh, GNU, right. <laughs> my mistake, my mistake. Not with us are Jen Adcock and Chris Sneezak, who were also part of the actual play. But They both know, had social lives. <laughs> they both needed to go to bed because it's late. Before we dive into our main tech topic, though, let's get a rundown of what happened in the game. John, since you were the GM, why don't you give us the overview and Matt and Chuck can add the color as we go, because it was definitely a very colorful game. <laughs> yeah, alright, so... Full uh, color, you might say. Oh. <laughs> to, uh, to sum it up, here a pun, there a pun, everywhere a pun, pun. <laughs> it felt very much like an excuse to make joke after joke after joke after joke, which it absolutely was. Um, <laughs> but for the plot, which is, I think, more what you're going for, um, you know, so the gnomes got an invitation to a, a mountaintop retreat. They had to pry it from the hands of Gnorp, the, the goat, who was actually a sheep, uh, led them on a merry, greasy chase that ended in the gnome stew tunnel sewage area, which is unfortunately also connected up to the air conditioning. Um, and uh, once they all put their hands on it, it acted as kind of like a teleport token to send them all right back to uh, the, the prismatic peaks. They rode a snail elevator up, which uh, was, was one of Matt's first songs. Uh, he, he had a, a beautiful song about the <laughs> snail. They got inside, got a tour, saw the menagerie. Many sneezes were had by Fizzle. They got invited to dinner. But before that, Bluma gave birth. What was the hashtag? Morgenkrantz Daddy? Yeah, uh, Baby Daddy. Yeah, well, it was uh, Morgan's, Morgan's Stern. No one pronounced his name properly. Is Daddy. And it's it's <laughs> right. important to note that Daddy can operate as an adjective in certain communities. I know that you sometimes have to urban dictionary things. So right. you might not know that. 
Hey, I know what a leather daddy is. Come I, on. I'm very <laughs> impressed you still had to look up what Vor was. Warning to readers, do not look up what Vor is. <laughs> oh, God, For the love of God, that. don't look it up in Google image search. Right, turn oh, that God, safe no. search all the way up. All the no, way up. No, 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 no. So, yeah, so uh, they got invited to dinner and then uh, got inevitably betrayed, as one would expect, and they all expected, but couldn't quite avoid. And then um, they, they laboriously made their way out of the oubliette of mistakes upon which they encountered the maca. Oh, that was horrible. <sighs> that is the worst. It was worst. so bad. Oh my god. Oh, Do we have permission great. to share that illustration as just like the, the art for this particular gnome cast? Because that will give me nightmares forever. If we are allowed to share it, we can get it to Rob, who will put it in the uh, the, the listing of the episode on the website. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible creature. It, a, a naga with naga with the clown's face. It reaffirmed my, my, my vow to never let Never willingly let John run a pun-based game. It was amazing. See, I was going to have it sneak up on you, but I couldn't make the roll to have the Naga hide. Oh, God, that's amazing. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so there's the Maka for people watching on the Twitch stream right now. It's, you know, literally a snake with a clown mask on. It is, it's, it is simple in its elegance. It makes John Wayne Gacy look cuddly is really what it comes down to. I don't even have a problem with clowns, and that makes me... <laughs> yeah, so they made it out, and then went back to the menagerie, and got the goblins to rise up in revolution. As you do. Yeah, as you do, and uh, yeah, they all, all headed out. Chris Chris made a valiant runaway attempt uh, as Morgan Gertstrom was charging after them, and he was the only one who didn't get the poison cloud, uh, which was, you know, nice for him. <laughs> I will say, as a viewer, one of my favorite moments was the onslaught of queen puns. Or queen references, I should say. Oh god, that was phenomenal. So many. So many. <laughs> so many. I was really hoping somebody who was making them would just say, don't stop me now. But I had no way, because like, I wasn't able to participate, but I just needed it. And it just never happened. And it, 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 no, we did slip that one in did, there. Did you it slipped it a little of, later. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was in the midst of it while we had kind of moved on. And, you know, we already went to about five hours. We couldn't keep, you know, just right. <laughs> boring over the puns. Right, right. So moving on, actual play has become a major force in our hobby of role-playing games. It's opened the door to so many new players and, and just broadened the horizons of what role-playing games are and how people enjoy them. Tonight, our gnomes played our very first Twitch streamed game, and I thought it would be cool if we could chat with everyone about the tech needed to make this happen. John, Chuck, why don't you give us the rundown on, on what you guys did to get things going, the problems you ran into? And then we'll get into like individual setups, like what Matt has to, to you know, interface with all of this craziness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, I bought about $1,000 of new tech for my computer. <laughs> but, but that was only, uh, I, I, my, my old computer couldn't handle a three-monitor setup, and that was pretty much freaking essential. Now, I may end up returning some of this uh, once I talk to my tax account to see how much I can actually write off on tax laws anymore, <laughs> nice. because it has definitely decreased. Mm -hmm. Taxes were painful this year. Yeah. 
So, uh, politics aside, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, three monitors was kind of essential. So on one monitor, I had Roll20. I had a player version of the map. On another monitor, I had OBS, which is the grabbing it together. God. So I used to work in the video industry, and OBS is like every $50,000 piece of video equipment I've ever had rolled into a single app. Um, it grabbed parts of the screen, it handled the audio, I put in like widgets and Chiron graphics, it allowed me to do overlays, and that's kind of what pushed it all to Twitch. And then on the third screen, I had the Skype call, and that one had to kind of be sacred because what I was doing was I was cutting out a small section of, you know, Chuck's window and Jen's window and Matt's window and Chris's window, and I was moving those behind the overlays, and that's how we got to see people. And I had to do the same thing for, for the map from World 20. So I had my kind of one working screen where I was moving you know, all the bits of our part in Roll20 and changing the maps and scenes. And then I was merging them all together and putting them up through Streamlabs OBS into Twitch. And that, that's kind of, I guess, the basic overview. Uh, Chuck, t tell us about like how you were manning things in the chat and, you know, kind of tell us more about Roll20 because you are far more familiar than I with Roll20. <laughs> well, which is really funny because ultimately we ended up using very, very little Roll20. So my tech setup was actually so much less intensive than than John's. I, I also got some more stuff, but that was just because I, I finally needed to have two monitors up for this, and I hadn't been using them for a little while. So uh, much, much less expensive. Really, all I was using was Skype, Roll20, and then just viewing Twitch through the Gnome Stew account, just like anyone else would would view Twitch. Uh, and I, I really, I made an effort to sort of make sure that no one made too many comments without sort of stepping in and saying something as part of it. Um, there were a few points where it, it was a little bit hard to follow up on people, but what I did was very much more person-oriented as opposed to technology-oriented, which is a good thing because my technology kept failing. And just as a frame of reference for, for everyone listening, we had, I think, about an audience of 10? I mean, at its uh, high point, 10 or 11 at its highest. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, had, we had quite a few folks in there listening, which mm -hmm. was pretty cool. Listening, watching, which was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I, I think we're in spitting distance of critical role. <laughs> in the sense that anyone involved with that show that heard it would spit on us? Yes. That is that is an accurate statement. Oh. But I, I mean it's sort of, you know, so this was our first tech run, you know, we got it out there, we haven't built an audience on Twitch. Um you know, I know I've looked at some of the saving throw stuff, uh, saving throw show, you know, who, who's kind of a big player in that field. You know, they do it consistently. They have a studio. Like, I, I think that's, you know, fairly decent for, for a first run app. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's there's something to be said for, you know, like, uh, John, you threw, you threw a fair amount of money at getting your tech set up the way you wanted it to be. But there, there are ways that, you know, pe like you can take baby steps into this if this is something you're interested in trying. You know, well, and, you, you and don't... let me say that was just because my computer is very old by, by these standards. And I've, I haven't upgraded my graphics card in like five or six years. I had needed to get that. And it was kind of an emergency today of like, oh, I should have dealt with this a week ago, but, you know, there were all sorts of other things going on. Yeah, you definitely don't need a, you do need a fairly beefy machine mm -hmm. to, to keep all this going, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I, I know Jen mentioned that she had some issues with keeping Skype running and Roll20 and, you know, she had, she ended up having to shut down Roll20 because... Mm -hmm. 
you know, she was having issues having everything running. How about you, Matt? What was, did you run into any glitches along this way? Uh, for the most part, no, uh, but my computer is okay. It's <laughs> only five years old and I wasn't <laughs> the workhorse. But actually, a couple comments from what we already discussed. Chuck originally uh, was going to be just our guy to herd the cats on Twitch, and somebody else dropped out, and so he heroically stepped in and took that player's place. Completely had never seen their character sheet before, so we did intention or we did intend to have somebody on full time Twitch monitoring the comments duty, but that didn't happen. And I think the the, the monitoring comments is an important part because you you know it's a it's a big part of engagement. You know, if you have mm -hmm. somebody who's basically like seeing what the comments are and engaging them, because I know like uh, with misdirected Mark, once once they added Bob to the mix, everything changed. But adding Bob to the mix, letting him pay attention to what the live comments were, let them engage with their audience a lot more that I think helped them explode. So. Well, you know, I'll say that uh, before this session, John did an interview with the uh, gentleman who wrote this module, and I just dropped in to be supportive and watch him and see how it was going. And I made a comment in the chat. And John responded to it. And I'm there like, oh, it's not like, you know, I don't contact John every week, you know, but they're like, oh, my gosh, they're paying attention to me. Um, but uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was John was talking about dropping a grand on his computer. And Chuck was, you know, I got a, a buddy uh, and he and I both are kind of amateur computer builders you know, for our own setups. And he and I take very different approaches, and my approach is the lazy approach. So when I want a new computer, I just price all the pieces on Newegg, and I say, okay, ship. And then I find <laughs> out that I've ordered three pieces that don't fit the other pieces, and I cuss a lot, and then I order those new pieces. Whereas he will watch pieces on Amazon for months at a time, waiting until they go on sale, a one-time sale, or he finds a coupon or something like that. And his computers are beefier than mine and so much cheaper because he has <laughs> patience, I don't. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to get into this and you had time, that would probably be the approach to do it on a budget. Yeah, if you have the, the right mindset to do that type of budget shopping, good on you. The, the stuff that I and my wife got today were, were like kind of emergency. Okay, we have to be able to do this. If, you know, this is the first thing I wanted to be good. And, you know, like I said, like I've been running on some getting outdated for like the video editing I do sort of equipment, you know, but like I had to go buy two new monitors because I was trying to daisy chain them together that, you know, my old video card couldn't push out to more than two monitors. So I need to get, you know, better monitors to, to upgrade that. And so I just kind of went, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't have time today to do the budget shopping and looking around in the micro center going, uh, these are the ones I have at work. I know, I know how they work. I know what they do. Great, fine. I'm going to do that. You know, it, it's going to be that. And then I found my, my graphics card couldn't run it with my first kind of solution. And so I said, you know what? It is 325. We go live at 7. I still have to build a bunch of the graphics. I still have to finish getting stuff set up. Uh, I still have to get a bunch of the music that I that we never got to use because you never went to, to Thread of Bera, the ancient spider vampire. Uh, you never went to her place so I could play the uh, super slowed down teddy bear's picnic that was creepy as heck. Sadly, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, but like, it, I mean, I, I would honestly say this kind of is one because like I, I may return some of this stuff, but I may figure out 
if my budget can actually handle it, because if Film Stu wants to do something like this, oh, you, you've got to be able to do it. Like my old video card had a gig of RAM, which was really good when I bought it. It, it was phenomenal. It had CUDA video editing technology. The new one has four gigs of RAM. It yeah. was, you know, fairly expensive, but it's like the benchmarks were like 285% higher than my old one when I was doing my 10 minutes of research, you know. So yeah, like I, I would definitely say be prepared ahead of time. We, we wanted to do a tech test uh, last week, mm-hmm. I believe. And it just, you know, I got called away on a family emergency. It didn't happen, but I would have learned a bunch of this stuff, could have ordered it cheaper, could have done it, you know, correctly. Mm-hmm. But it, it is not, not for the faint of heart in some ways, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, if you're interested in doing it, just jump in the deep end, try some stuff out, You'll figure it out, but I think it's the the consistency and the quality that will, you know, eventually get you an audience if that's what you're going for. You know, I know this is something we've, you know, doing some Twitch streams with the the gnomes and actual plays and stuff like that has been something we've been talking about doing for a while. And I thought tonight was pretty successful. I thought so. Yeah, It was fun making puns. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very punny. To, to answer your actual question, though, and uh, about my setup and what I'm doing, I just moved, and I'm in a new house, and uh, you know, I've always been on a wired internet connection. Yeah, what are you running off of right now? Because it's kind of impressive. I am tethered to a Google Pixel Two. Hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> which is running off the 5G Wi-Fi from across the house. I've never made the jump to Wi-Fi because, oh, why would you use Wi-Fi? I can have a wired connection. And I bought a fairly large house compared to the 800-square-foot apartment I was living in, and I can no longer run a 50-foot coax cable up the wall across the ceiling and down the other wall. And and I'm there like, oh, shit, do I have to buy a wireless card? Well, we'll tether to the phone and see how it works. I will second three monitors at some point point in the past i had three monitors and i loved the real estate but the problem is i had three old monitors mm-hmm. and trying to get hdmi and DisplayPort and vga <laughs> all playing happy with each other is, is not a fun task and so eventually i tossed the third one when it started to go wonky and i really wish i had had it tonight because mm-hmm. i wanted roll 20 on one and i wanted skype on one and then I wanted my Roll20 character sheet popped out of the Roll20 screen on the other one mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to have it taken up screen real estate on the Roll20, and I didn't have three screens. So I had wanted to, not that I was involved in tonight's Twitch stream, but I had wanted two monitors for quite some time, and I got a free one at work. Mm. And I came home, and I was given the traditional, I don't know what the old-fashioned monitor cables are called, but I had one of those. And discovered that my video card doesn't even have that port on it. Okay, never mind. My existing monitor was hooked up with an HDMI cable. Great, I went out and got an HDMI cable. New monitor didn't have an HDMI port. Okay, I got a DVI cord. That worked on the new mo- the, the new monitor I got, but there was no DVI port on the video card. So eventually I figured it out. I got a, you know, basically a converter and did that and then like six months later i went out and bought two monitors and a stand and it doesn't matter anymore but it was 
definitely an education to try and get two monitors set up and functioning together. Yeah. So back when I had three monitors, that's exactly the beast I had to slay was I've got one monitor that's got a display port and a, and a HDMI and one that's got a VGA and one that's got a VGA and a DVI. <laughs> and, it, and it's only one of the like six types of DVI and get them all into your computer with, I ended up with like five different adapters to chain from one type to another type to another type to get it into there. And uh, yeah, it, it can be a beast. You really, when you're building this setup from scratch, that's something you want to pay attention to. Even not with, with trying to do streaming, even just playing online with your friends that are scattered around the country, mm -hmm. having a, a dual monitor set up, having that extra real estate on the screen is pretty amazing because you can have everyone's video over here, your notes over here, Roll20 or whatever else you're using over here, and it, it can make your life a lot easier. So let me say something. Let me, let me throw a shout out because a lot of the information I had, because I've never done this before. All this was, you know, kind of like new territory for me doing this. But uh, thankfully, another one of the new gnomes, Pete Katrusha, had. And uh, I reached out to him and he wrote up a fantastic document outlining everything he had done and what you need to do, which is why I kind of like, you know, which is why I even went up to three monitors, said like, this is what I need to be able to run this, you know. And so, so he kind of gave me the roadmap, and that, that was phenomenal. That made it so much easier to run this. But even then, with, with kind of a full roadmap, there were so many issues that I didn't quite know how to circumvent. Like, I couldn't put my video to Skype and to, to Twitch at the same time. So none of the other gnomes, like, could actually see me for my facial expressions, mm. except for kind of like I had screen shared one of the things so they could kind of see you know, how it was all, so you could kind of see the tiny little, like, video of me in the bottom corner, you know, from the Twitch stream that was delayed by, like, two or three seconds, but, you know, so, like, in a different game, you know, like, that really relied on, like, facial expressions, it wouldn't have worked well. They could still hear the audio, but not the video. And, and so there were just some, like, little issues like that, and one thing that had, World 20 has video and audio built in, so just running your own game and using the video and audio from Roll20 would probably be fine. Like, it would all be there in one little box, Ish. one little program. Ish. Ish. I, I've done a f I'm not, I'm not like a weekly gamer in Roll20, but I, I have done enough gaming in Roll20 to know that the, the audio is usually okay, but the video can be twitchy, and we generally have to do a lot of refreshing to make sure everybody can see everybody. Yeah, so so if you were going to attempt to do kind of a Twitch stream on your own of this sort of stuff, that would be an issue. But that, oh man, that would be so phenomenal if I could have had it all in one program, just mm -hmm. used it right there. Great, here's the map and the images, which mm -hmm. Rule20 is made for. It just doesn't quite have the processing power of like Skype, you know, yeah. for, for video. This might be a dumb kludge, but you, you could set up two webcams and pipe one to one program and one to the other. And, you know, you don't even need a particularly high-quality one for our internal Skype chat. <laughs> that, that was something I actually had considered. And if I had more time, I might have got my second webcam, my old webcam, and set it up, you know, to be able to do it that way. And Chuck can just send you his old orange one. 
Oh man, you do not want that. It, make a <laughs> webcam out of like aluminum cans and cellophane. It's literally an orange with a USB cable. <laughs> would, that would be a step up. That would be a step up. Before we get too far though, as somebody who uses two monitors at work a lot, pro tip for anybody who uses two monitors, get yourself a widescreen monitor, turn it portrait. They are fantastic for reading documents, for yeah. looking at your Roll20 character sheet. Can't say enough good things about it. Well, that's why I said, like, we're using Roll20 for as little as we need to. And honestly, like, I, next time, I might just ditch Roll20 and do a screen share of the map. You know, here's the map of the Twitch thing, and you can all see it on there. The only downside is you can't move your own characters then. And if we were doing a 5e, very heavy combat game, that would be an issue. Also, it would be harder just to do that kind of a combat game. Yeah. So can can I defend Roll20 for just a second? Go for it. So I, I don't use Roll20 a lot, but I do use Roll20 when I occasionally do online games and at home because I have a TV that I use for, for doing projections of games. If you buy the content off of Roll20, it is a lifesaver in terms of game prep because it will set up maps for you ahead of time. Roll20 is incredibly useful in tactical heavy games, tactically mm -hmm. important games, though it didn't really shine in this particular circumstance. I just want to make sure that we don't hit too hard on Roll20 because it is a really great tool for what yeah. it's there for. It just, what it was there for was not what we needed tonight. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think this game, w I mean, you, 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 you had the, the combat at the end where everyone was trying to get away from Morgan's and then just you know and then it was going to murder him because he killed the the goat sheep uh right but you know generally speaking the rest of the game wasn't a whole lot of mm -hmm. it wasn't a whole lot of tactical need for the maps yeah. uh, in this particular game but i've uh my friend jen pixelscapes who has run uh i played in one of her D, &D campaigns where we played through Roll20, was just the maps were amazing for the tactical nature of a lot of the combats we, we went through. So I, I think I only got to one of those maps uh, and the pit map, but uh, we got permission from Heroic Maps to use, you know, some of their maps on the Twitch stream. And those were great, but I, I know, like, one of the ideas I'm kind of eyeing up is uh, the Gnomes do Barovia, you know, which is, you know, the uh, uh, Ravenloft setting. And I'm like... Yeah, that will be phenomenal if I can just click buy and be done with it. You know, if I can just be like, done, here's everything in there. Because I was really impressed with the setup and how it works. You, it just takes a lot of pre-prep to mm -hmm. get it all there and all how you want it. But, you know, like, it, it was a lot smoother than a lot of other options I've had for when I use my, like, flat screen TV, mm -hmm. you know, in a frame. Roll20 was phenomenal for that. And if, if the content's already in there... Great done. I, I will double pay for the content. Mm -hmm. Like I've got the, I've got the physical book. Here's another 20, 30 bucks. That's great. That takes away all my prep time. I uh I ran a Knights Black Agents campaign on Roll Twenty, and with some of the other you know like D and D is really well supported in Roll Twenty. Some of the other games uh, you have a lot of user made content, and like I found a user made character sheet we could use that worked okay. But what I found really powerful is that I could throw up an image on the screen. We didn't need a tactical battle mat, mm -hmm. but I could throw up an image on the screen representative of whatever space they were mm -hmm. in. So when I wanted them to have that feel of, you know, they are in the Vienna Opera House trying to get this guy that has this information and two other factions are after him 
and there's a vampire there as well. You know, I had the picture of the Vienna Opera House up on the screen, so they knew that, you know, they got the feel, they knew what they were looking at. Uh, and I think that's really powerful in that type of online gaming. Yeah. I would be interested, uh, Chuck and Matt, like, because cause I tried to do that, like, especially at the beginning when I was, like, putting, like, which gnomes got, you know, throw, thrown in the sewers, which gnomes got in the IT closet. Like, how did that work when I was able to do that? Like, how, you know, how did it work for you as players to be able to, like, oh, yeah, there's our characters. Like, it's like a cutscene. I, I loved the setup with the scenes, and having the clip art of the actual characters themselves in it worked so much better than I expected it to. Like, I thought at first it was going to be gimme, gimmicky, but I loved it. I loved it so much. By the way, I believe it's a shout-out to Megan Dornbrock for those characters. Yes. Thank you. Yes, Megan Dornbrock gave the VR for those. It, it was so fantastic. great. It was so great, and I loved every last second of it so much more than I expected to. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we told her, like, we gave her a brief description of our characters. It wasn't like she gave us some canned ham art. We told her, this is what Brand looks like, and boom, she came back and pretty much nailed it. She did a great job. And John, I got to say, your your paper dolls in the beginning of the Twitch was actually, I'd never even thought of using it or have seen using it like that. I thought that was particularly brilliant, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a lot of fun. I could see all kinds of ways to use that in a game. There were also some parts where you just pretty much had just kind of a splash screen background that I thought were particularly good. I think some of them were straight out of the module, the one with mm -hmm. the, the goblin birthing pools where we yeah. had horrible baby daddy incidents. Um, she briefly experienced motherhood. Jen took that to such horrible places. It's amazing. I loved it. I loved it so much. Right, my internal like sensor is going, all right, what, what's appropriate here? What's, nope, Jen ran over the line. That's fine. All right, cool. We'll lean into that. <laughs> Well, you know, and usually I find that it's me that just tramples that line, but actually it, it was mostly her tonight. Yeah, yeah. And she looks so innocent. <laughs> Although I desperately wanted to tell everybody my favorite after hours, you know, not safe for work joke. And I, I did not because of the sanctity that there could be children watching. And you I guess... still will not hear thank you. Though. Yeah. But I love that you ended that with, the aristocrats! Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know that joke, and it's just like, oh, oh, wow. There's a okay. whole documentary on it, by the way, if you want to check it out. Totally worthwhile. <laughs> That's actually not my favorite joke, but I will tell you guys what my favorite joke is once we shut down the Twitch. There we are. I'm, I'm dying here. I also want to hear about this Michigan study that you mentioned. <laughs> that, if you search Gnome Stew for University of Michigan study, Oh, find God. one of our least safe for work articles written by Martin back in the day. I think I removed that article from the site, honestly. No. I think I removed that way what? back in the day, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> although, you still haven't removed the moose penis, so... <laughs> and on that uh... note, we should probably start wrapping up because we've been talking for a little while. Uh, any last words on, on the tech issues we had? Save your character sheet outside of Roll20. John specifically told us to do that. And I was like, oh, my character sheet's working fine. It won't be a problem. And then I spent the first probably 10 minutes of the session playing whack-a-mole with technology, just trying to figure out what my stats were. Like, absolutely have a second. But you were also using a borrowed character sheet, so yeah, it's fine. You, you were doing just fine. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't have my printer set up, and I'm there like, how am I going to print this? I can't just print it to a PDF because 
what if I can't do PDFs? And then I realized, dude, if you can't get a PDF, you're done. You're not in yeah. the Twitch stream. You're not in <laughs> yep. Roll20. So I just took a screenshot as an image because printing it to, to PDF did not work well and just saved the image and I never had to use it. But Yeah, the only uh, ending thought that I, w- I would give to anybody wanting to get into this, like treat it as play. Like, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Like, and, and with gaming in general, it's play. Go do it. It doesn't matter if you do it perfectly. Next time, do it a little better. Next time, do it a little better. Like, just just enjoy it. You know, it, do it for yourself, not for mm-hmm. any fame or glory or money, because that doesn't exist in this industry for for all but a few people. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for anyone interested in the stream, it is going to be available on the Gnome Stew YouTube channel. We'll probably have a link in here somewhere uh, when this episode is released. But. This show is funded by the Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can become a Patreon backer following the Patreon link on the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This ad is brought to you by the future. It's here now. Because way back at the dawn of time when many of us older folks started gaming, and I am one of those older folks, we could not have imagined the way this internet would change the way we play games. It's different, but it's damn cool. If you are enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably like many of the other misdirected Mark shows. Here's one to check out. Janyu Hustle. Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in the Janyu Hustle. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching Wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. You can find all of us at gnomestew.com, at gnomestew on Twitter, and gnomestew on Facebook. Gnomes, where else can we find you on the internet? Chuck, you first. I am innocuous Chuck on Twitter, unless I'm on a plane, in which case I'm locked down and you can't find me. <laughs> John! I am found anywhere good John Arcadians are bartered or sold. Also, find us on twitch.tv backslash gnomestew. That's what we're going to have to add now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to add that. And Matt. Yeah, I mean, I technically have a Twitter, but I rarely pay attention to it. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at orikes13, O-R-I-K-E-S-13. So, John, did we avoid the stew this week? You know, I am pretty darn exhausted, and also I am hopped up on cold medicine after doing that, so uh, I think everybody gets a free pass, uh, so long as they can tell a dad joke off air. But Matt, no, I, I think I think I don't want to hear Matt's joke off air. So yeah, everybody gets a free pass, except Matt, depending on his joke. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs.